Yes, that Clancy It's a Clancy Brown podcast. No. It's the Media Boat Podcast, a podcast not about Clancy Brown. But about media. Uh, but about, not about boats. Movies, TV, video games, and music. Not necessarily in that order. We you bring did that on purpose. The hottest uh, news about all those things. We the news you need to know. Everything that happened this past week that you need to, that need to be in the know of. All the news, all the new releases, and all the thoughts about things we've played with. Seen, listened to, etc., etc. My name is Matt. Etc., etc. My name is Matt. His name is Mike. I'm Mike. He's Matt. Meatball Podcast, right there. We are. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for joining us. Yes. And thank you because without you, this would not be possible. It's true. Well, I mean, actually, (laughs) it remains being possible uh, without too many people. But hey, if you're out there, if you're one of the people we don't know about on iTunes downloading us or something, Hey, uh, one, uh, it would be cool if you let us know who you were. Uh, we appreciate hearing things from our fans. We have yet to hear anything. Um, so give us a shout. Give us a holler. Give us a comment on our Facebook page. Search Media Boat Podcast. Find that if you don't know. Or uh, review our show on Apple Podcasts. Give us some stars. We love that. Or email us directly at mediaboatpodcast at gmail. Dot com. This is episode 116 of the Media Vote Podcast, oh, and it is March the 28th. It's the end of March. 2018. We're, We're at the end of March. To the end of March, which means April. Which means we, 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 we can um, stop being so mad about each other now. Yes. We're less madness and more uh, rolling into the summer season, which I'm excited more, about. More showers. More, more April showers. More April showers. Yep. Good. But, but, but before we get to that. <laughs> Before we get to that, we always start with news about movies and how to open that. We always talk about the weekend box office numbers. You got all the way around to it, didn't you? <laughs> I mean, I wanted to say some stuff we don't usually say at the top of the show. like Variety to, is the spice of life. That's true, but also to get people who may be hiding out there in the rafters to say something to us. Uh, but yeah, yes, uh, that broom <laughs> to the ceiling, even though we have vaulted ceilings in our apartment. So I know, it might work. I love vaulted ceilings. Uh, but yeah, our box office numbers this weekend, we finally saw the dethroning of King T'Challa. Black, Pan- Black, Black Panther. Black Panther. Black Panther. Black Panther is no longer <laughs> your number one movie at the box office. Taking that number one spot is debuting this week, Pacific Rim Uprising. Not as impressive as Baby as you Not think. Not as impressive, but still enough to beat Black Panther with $28 million yeah. uh, domestic. That uh, it combined with um, international numbers has a healthy $150 million so far. So that's going to cover its budget. Easily. Thank you, China. Yes, uh, China. <laughs> yes. Funny you mentioned that because this movie definitely played to China. It did. But we'll get to that in a bit. We'll talk about more Pacific Rim in a moment. The rest of your, uh, rest of your Black Panther. The rest of well, your box office. Number Black two, Panther. Black Panther, with another $17 million to add to its total. $631 million, and that's just domestic. Yeah, it is currently the highest grossing domestic movie, or superhero movie. To date, nice. with just over, oh, is it 650? 6.30. 6.30, yeah. But yeah, it'll be, it'll be uh, uh, more, I'm sure, soon. Uh, 
Number three is coming in. Uh, number three, the same as last week. I can only imagine your Christian. Which you rock could movie. not imagine how that thing is. I cannot imagine that it would do so well that it made another thirteen million dollars yeah. this week, bringing its domestic total of thirty-eight well, million. Well, this upcoming weekend is Easter, so yeah. that should just basically just like top out. Yeah, maybe. Sherlock Gnomes is your number four with a ten million dollar debut. And rounding up the top five, Tomb Raider earns another 10 itself, bringing its total to 41 million domestic 94 worldwide. Not great. No, that that's not good numbers for those Tomb Raider. Aren't, those ain't franchise numbers. Those no. are... Uh, those are one and done numbers. Yeah. That's a, that's, a, that's a base hit. That's not a home run. All righty. Sorry. Think sorry, about a lot sorry about we missed the candor. <laughs> yes. We'll get to baseball later. We'll get to baseball later. Uh, coming this weekend in theaters. Uh, coming tomorrow. It's a Thursday Technically, release. Technically, tomorrow we do have a Thursday release a th- on the 30th. That will be tomorrow, Thursday, the day you'll probably hear this podcast. Ready Player One! Spielberg's nerd, uh, you know. Ernest Klein, you know Ode to the 80s, Steven Spielberg's nerd gasming all over the I place. I was trying not to say that. I think that's a dumb term. But yes. Yeah, your 80s worshipping, uh, reference-heavy, action sci-fi movie, Ready Player One, uh, will come out tomorrow. You will see that. Yeah, I'm going to uh, see so it. So next week you will talk about Ready Player One for us. Yep. Because I refuse to see that. Uh, also, uh, unless. <laughs> yeah, unless. All this weekend. No, that didn't happen. I'm good. Um <laughs> Well, also, this two, weekend, two other, two other releases this weekend. The, uh, the, coming in uh, hot at the end of this week, Acrimony. This is the Taraji B. Henshin. Yes. I, I think this is technically Tyler Perry's Tyler Pe- Acrimony. Perry's Acrimony. And uh, your really uh, uh, Easter uh, centric release, God's Not Dead, colon, A Light in Darkness. Uh, this is the sequel to God's Not Dead. Remember God's Not Dead? I do. I remember that guy's not dead. You know, no, said he's still God's not dead. God's not dead. God is still not dead. All right, those are your new releases. Now, do you want to talk about the fact you saw Pacific Rim Uprising? Yes, so you I got saw, Uprise. Yes, I got I got a rise out of Pacific Rim. Yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah, you did. It actually this is actually pretty good. All right, cool. it does exactly what the sequel wants to do, which is or what you needed. What, what did you wanted? What I wanted to do, what the sequel wanted to do. I mean, going in, you know, it's to be big robots fighting big monsters. What right. else do you want in the film? Yeah, exactly. And that's exactly what you get. The I'm just gonna get the the the, the muddly stuff out of the way first okay. here, because they only bring back three characters from the first one. Yeah. Um, the two comedic reliefs and the scientists, and then the so pilot. So girl Charlie Day go. up in this movie. Yeah. Okay. And then the pilot girl, but then she's. Gets killed off in the first act. Oh, jeez. Spoiler. So, basically, it's going to with a whole new cast. And that does kind of hurt the film, unfortunately. Yeah. Because, you know, there's not a whole lot of carrying over from the first film. And the first one was great, in my opinion. I mean, I guess I could see, in theory, why. One of the reasons why they would do that. Uh, because it isn't the whole concept about drifting is that new partners are more interesting and dramatic to watch. Because they're not proven in battle yeah. and they need to hook up with each other whereas established dudes if we had continued the story from yes. the first movie they would be they would have ironed out the kinks by now so I think maybe there's plot relevant reasons oh, yeah, why they could pl- just bring them back yeah 
Well, plus, like, I mean, you, you spend a whole movie with these people. Why not bring them back? But uh, yeah. also at the end of the first one, like, two-thirds of them got killed off. Yeah. So that's why, like, only, like, three people were brought back. <laughs> it's just, you know, it's, it's an unfortunate thing. Yeah. Because you, you'd like to see more from these characters. But then again, it, it is what it is. I mean, it is part of that, that universe, so that happened. Um, but other than that, I mean, this movie does exactly what you want it to do. It, like I said, big monsters that get even bigger. Uh, giant robots that get even gianter. <laughs> uh, there's drifting, there's fighting, there's a mystery, and it actually does build on the lore from the first film, okay. which is good. Uh, yeah, there's not... I mean, like I said, this film is definitely not for everyone. This is definitely a male-centric, heavy action film. <laughs> even though the lead is, or one of the leads is a female. I was uh, going to say, there was enough in the first one where I didn't feel like it was too... No, it's not too, like, male-heavy. Yeah. But it, at the same time, like, they don't fully explore the female aspect here. Sure. As much as they, as I feel they should have or could have. Okay. It, you know, unfortunately. But it's definitely, I mean... As I was walking out of the film, there was a little kid in front of me who was carrying a bunch of, like, kaiju and robot Aww, toys. Oh, that's cute. I was like, this movie is definitely for you. Oh, that's adorable. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, this movie is exactly for you. That's who it's aimed for. And I was like, like I, I was fine with it. I'm fine with it. It's, it's a good film. Yeah, the feedback I've been hearing from pretty much everybody is that, yeah, it's a popcorn movie. Yeah. It's, it's ineffectual. Like, it's not going to be like... Man, everybody should see this, but it's not going to be like, man, I wasted this money. It's like, well, it's I got like, what I paid for. Well, it's not like the first one where where you go in and like, oh my god, those robots look yeah. amazing. Oh my god, those monsters because look we've amazing. Because he's already seen it. Yeah, we've already seen that now. Right. We so so they so they up the stakes is what they do here, yeah. and they actually provide a reason to, for why the kaiju's are coming, and then they also use the actual term Pacific Rim more times in this film <laughs> than they did in the, in the first film, which I thought was hilarious. Are they on the Pacific Rim? Yeah, there's actually one point where they actually line up and trigger the, the fault line of the Pacific Rim, and they got, and they actually like say the line, like, they're on the Pacific Rim. Which brings us to the, your little hint that you dropped earlier. So, you're saying that there's uh, China, elements of Chinese culture going on in this uh, movie? Yeah, elements of Chinese culture. Um, the big thing about this movie that it definitely takes place in Japan. Yeah. Um, I got very Major Godzilla vibes throughout the major whole Godzilla. thing. Major Godzilla? Major Godzilla vibes. <laughs> Um, throughout this film, I mean, yeah. at one point, the monster goes to Mount Fuji. Uh-huh. I was like, that's a very Godzilla thing of you to do. Yeah. And then, you know. Goes with the territory, yeah. I suppose. It, it, it does. I mean, if you're going to be in Japan, might as well hit the landmark. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, other than that, it, it's giant mo- giant robots battling, battling giant monsters. What more could you what ask? What more do you want? I mean, it definitely doubles down on a lot of the good stuff that, that was in the first Pacific Rim. Like I said, the only thing that I would give negative to this film is that the story is very uh, flimsy in terms of, like, any structure. Sure. But then again, you don't go in this film looking for a story. It's not what you're expecting. Yeah. And then, like, some of the characters could be a little bit more fleshed out. Because they're dealing with a lot of new pilots that introduce you to, like, seven at a time. And then you're supposed to, like, you know, get a good feel within, like, ten minutes. And they don't really get, like, too super fleshed out, but... There's a lot of interaction to where you can understand where they're trying to go with it. Okay. So, on the patented media boat scale of go to it, stream it, or pass, 
What would you put this? Uh, if you liked the first Pacific Rim, go see it in theaters. Uh, not only because it's gonna, because it's exactly what you want, but also because it's gonna help the box office and you know, <laughs> hopefully, like get into a sequel, the, yeah. to a third one to close it out. Maybe. But you know, stream, definitely stream this thing. It's definitely not a harmless film to watch. Um, you, you may even get a couple laughs out of harmless. it. You said not a harmless film. Yeah, it's going to do harm to you. If I see it, it will bring it's me not, pain. It's not a harmful film to watch. There you go. That's what I'm Is that what you want? Yes. The film is harmless. Yes, you know? the film is going to kill you. Do not watch it. It's like The Ring. Yeah. Um. yeah All right, cool. Yeah, for general audience. General audience. I'd say stream it. Did you see anything else this week? Uh, no. Then let's move on. Not in terms of films. Then yeah, let's no. move on, because I didn't watch any movies either. Let's move on to our movie yeah, news to, this week. Huh? I mean, I meant to. I meant to watch Coco again, but I didn't get around to it. Well, we're going to do that this weekend. Yeah. Because we got the Blu-ray. <laughs> it's time to Coco ourselves. Uh, but in the meantime... <laughs> you, you want to Coco yourself? I want to Coco myself all night long. That, that cocoa butter? All right, let's move on to, to, the, to some news here. Movie news. First story we're is go to about... French. French. Can. Film festival. I can film festival. Can well, you? Hold on. I'm trying to remember what this uh, can. can opener. I said, what was your can opener? Uh, the festival... Hi, Dr. Hi. Yes. The festival can. committee for can has banned films from streaming services from competing. This only means films eligible for the end of festival awards. That decision comes from the festival head, Terry Frameau as they want to only award films that will be released in cinemas. Last year, they awarded Okja. Okja. Okja? Yes, Okja. The one about the the giant... the J was silent. No, no. Okay. And the Myrowitz stories, in hopes Netflix would release them in cinemas, but they didn't. Yeah, that's that Noah Baumbach. Yeah, it was the film. Noah Baumbach. Yeah, Baumbach starring Adam Sandler. Yeah. Can uh, says that they see themselves as premier gatekeepers and want to keep the festival awards just to cinema. Netflix can still screen there, but they won't be eligible for the Palme d'Or, Grand Prix, or other similar end of festival awards. Yeah. What do you so, think about this? So last year they awarded a couple of these awards yeah. to those two films, like you said, right? Um, in the hopes that Netflix would put them out into theaters, and. You know, they would have that little prestige that, like, you need to go to cinemas to see these films. Right. But they didn't because it's Netflix. Why would they do that? Well, I think it's less about prestige and the, ooh, the wonder of cinema. I think it's probably a move where we don't want to support something that's actively eating into our industry. That's also why. I think that's probably most of it. This guy is probably thinking, he's like, yeah, well, we could reward this, but really what we'd like to do is get Netflix to theatrically release these things so that way they're putting money towards the, the movie business. Well, not only that, but most of the awards that they, um, most of the films that they award are independent, like very super indie, yeah. very out there, um, niche and experimental films. Right, which, which Netflix can make. Yeah. And has made. Mm-hmm. It's just... I think really the kicker is that Netflix isn't playing ball. Well, that's that's it. They're serving themselves. Right, and this and Cannes is like yeah. I don't say punishing them, but they're definitely not in not as opening. Yeah. 
not as welcoming to yeah. to streaming service. Do you think this changes Netflix's mind? Do you think Netflix goes to a theatrical release model? No. I mean, Amazon and Hulu are doing that. Or not Hulu. Amazon's doing Amazon's that. Amazon's doing it. I mean, they have been for a while. Yeah, but, I mean, these awards don't necessarily equal <laughs> box office numbers. You're right. And I think that's, in terms of, like, a business, in terms of profit... They just don't care enough. They just... There's no need. There's, it's yeah. not... Winning an award is not a big enough... Um, right. Call to action. At least not these awards. Yeah. Like, I mean, they know that they're still eligible for Oscars when Oscar time comes around. Right. I mean, we just saw Netflix take documentary. Right, for Icarus. So, so yeah, I mean, they maybe that's that's also, yeah, probably an answer. is like, Netflix just doesn't think it's important enough to worry about. Yeah. Which is fair. All right, cool. Well, also, Let's... not only that, but there's a ton of film festivals... And if they try and play ball with all of them? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it would yeah. be... My opinion is I think it would be really cool to see them theatrically release some of their stuff. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I'm all for more movies being released. But... The proper way. Yes. But... In, in, in cinemas. Yeah. But, you know, not everyone can go out and see these this films in cinemas. This is true. That's one of the nice things about Netflix. Yeah. Yeah, you, you sit here, turn on Netflix, watch a movie. It's true. I mean, it used to be that way. And that movie, TV stuff. and the movie that you turn on might just star one of our favorites, Michael B. Jordan. Oh, again with Michael B. Jordan? This time, though, this is, uh, we have news about Michael B. Jordan, but it's not about a starring role. Or is it? Not yet, at least. Is it more about the Black Panther? He's a producer on a new movie. Uh, the actor is set to produce a World War II action drama called The Liberators. Through his Outlier Society Productions, which we talked about last week. Yes. The script was written by Madison Turner and follows the 761st Tank Battalion, an entirely African-American combat unit nicknamed Black Panthers. (laughs) Their efforts in the war ultimately led to Harry S. Truman desegregating the armed forces. It's unknown if he will star in the film or not. Yeah. Um, Probably. 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 Yeah. I admit, maybe. Well, why not? He's going to be him? a producer. You don't need him. Producer. But if you want to, I maybe mean, Michael B. Jordan wants to do a World War II film. Yeah. This is definitely right up his alley. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, if he does. But do we really need another World War II film? I mean, eh, depends on when it comes out. Yeah. Not now, uh, because we just got two. I know. Uh, but maybe like a year from now. I know. But just, just like talking about this film, it could be one of two things. It could either end up being Red Tails, yeah, or it could be Oscar bait. Yeah, exactly. It's I one of those two probably camps. Probably they want it to be more the latter than the former. It's definitely going to be following one of those two camps, though. George Lucas is involved in this, so I think you're good. All right. Yeah, but Michael B. Jordan may be involved. Is it's is involved. involved? So hey, all power to him. Yeah. Moving on to our favorite movie, uh, uh, ticket buying uh, company, Movie Pass. MoviePass has made a deal with Landmark Theaters, which I didn't know until just now, is owned apparently by the shark himself, Mark Cuban. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Yeah. Uh, MoviePass will be integrated into Landmark Theaters' very ticketing system. They said that members will be able to take advantage of added benefits as well, including e-ticketing, advanced screening reservations, and seat selection inside the app. The company also announced last week that it was offering a package deal of $6.95 a month if you purchased a whole year's subscription. 
Although the company has garnered almost 3 million subscribers, it is still operating at a loss until it can sell the data collected to theater chains or studios, which of course has been the end game all along. They release some of that data by revealing that 1 million tickets have been sold for Black Panther, 750,000 for Jumanji, 500,000 for Game Night, Star Wars and the Greatest Showman, and 400k for Annihilation, The Post, Thor Ragnarok, and The Shape of Water. Not bad. So, if you're wondering why, how, and why Jumanji was, like, constantly in the top, (laughs) this could explain some of that. I mean... Not entirely. It no. was also pretty dead yeah. uh, in January. But yeah, uh, MoviePass, uh, as more people become MoviePass subscribers, is becoming a larger percentage of the total ticket-buying public. Not only that, but I'd like to point out two films on this. One, Annihilation. Yeah. And two, The Post. Movies that I don't think people would see if it wasn't, you know, oh. technically free. You're saying that MoviePass allows some of these... Potentially ignored movies to make a little bit more of a dent. Yeah, and, and like uh, The Shape of Water. I mean, I know, I know people saw it because. <laughs> you mean Best Picture winner? Yeah, I, yeah it's like I said, I know people saw it because it did win Best Picture, but Movie Pass allows other, more sure. people to go. And since the company fronts the bill for the tickets, yeah. it's not at a loss to the studios. So those numbers are interesting, but what I think is most interesting about this Movie Pass story is the deal with the Landmark Theaters. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I mean, that, that's, that's the big story. Yeah, I kind of glazed past it because you don't have a whole lot of details about what that means. So when you say it's integrated to the system, that means basically like, like it's expected, like everybody at the theaters now expect to have a system for it. Or it's like Landmark Theaters app, like you could log in with your MoviePass details. Mm, no, you still have to go through the MoviePass app, but... From the sound, from what it sounds like, you no longer have to be within a hundred yards of the theater. That you can reserve a seat. Uh, that you okay. don't have to be there to physically there to purchase the ticket. So that you can use your card uh-huh. to buy it ahead of time without having to physically be at the theater, okay. which is currently the movie pass strategy. Do you think any other theater is going to do this except for like the smaller fish? I think only the smaller fish. Uh-huh. I mean. You may get Alamo Draft House, but they're very strict on <laughs> Yeah. And they have so many special events, from what I understand. But yeah. Probably not. That wouldn't go into their deal. Right. But if you're talking about, like, an AMC or an Edwards... No. That's they're not... They're playing a different game. Yeah. Not yet. I mean, AMC... Or sorry, not... Is it AMC? It is AMC. AMC currently does the Stub Awards. Right. Um, and Cinemark... Yeah. Uh, does a different does their own like the special the program. yeah special deal and then Edwards does their own as well like right. they all have their special programs but nothing in terms of like what movie pass can offer so probably not until it makes sense for them to do so depending on I guess when this data is delivered yeah I think <laughs> I think the next big chain that you're gonna see them probably go after will be a Harkins theater okay or Hawkins Hawkins or Harkins what about Kirkorian? Uh, <laughs> that's still a company. I don't think that's still a company. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Let's go to the Gregorian. Yeah. See a picture show. Also, well, I say Harkins because they're not as yeah. big as either, but they're still in like major cities. Yeah. All right, cool. Major cities. All right, yeah. uh, let's wrap up with some. We haven't done this in a while. The bits. I know, right? I know you want to put all this other story, so I put them in the bits. The bits. That's where they belong. Our first bit. Lee Pace and Clark Gregg join the cast of Captain Marvel. Who are Lee Pace and Clark Gregg? Uh, 
Clark Gregg is Agent Coulson. Okay. Checks and out. Lee Pace is Ronan the Accuser from the first Guardians of the, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1. Okay. Now, will they be both playing those characters? Yes, they will. All right. As, as this, as Captain Marvel is set in the 90s, uh, they will revive both characters. And seeing as Captain Marvel will be facing the Kree army, makes sense because Ronan the Accuser is leader of the Kree. Got it. Makes sense. Yes. Next bit. Kristen Bell and Neil Patrick Harris are doing their charity by buying out entire screenings of Love, Simon. So, Say it correctly. Love, comma, Simon. My understanding about this is so they, individually, not together, uh, bought out entire uh, theaters so that way kids or maybe put upon um, youth... Yeah. To see Love Simon. Yeah. Okay. That, that's that's what was on. In their respective like hometowns or regions. I think it was just L.A. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Never mind. They're Hollywood people. Yeah. It's L.A. Uh, next bit. Gina Rodriguez. Gina Rodriguez uh, is set to star as Carmen San Diego in a Netflix film. Yeah. Based on the property. Mom. Huh. Spy Kids Mom. Spy Kids Mom. Is yeah. that how you know her? That's the only way I know her. <laughs> Yes, uh, Gina Rodriguez. That's a, that's a good casting. I could see her. Yeah. I mean, I know she's been in other stuff lately, but, yeah. you know, I, I can't name anything for her. <laughs> I, mean, I, saw, I saw a rumor that uh, Gina Rodriguez might be uh, cast as um, uh, What's-Her-Name's girlfriend in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Oh. Yeah. Stephanie uh, Beatrice. Yeah, yeah. Um, yes. This is uh, girlfriend, who is, which is now canon. Right. Uh, so yeah, that that could be interesting. That could be cool. Uh, but yeah, that's that's not uh, the news. Uh, next bit, we have a producer credit for Solo from two people who were formerly on the project. Lord Miller. Lord Miller. Lord Miller. Yes, Phil Lord and Chris Miller will get some sort of credit on Solo. They will get executive producer credits. So I'm guessing they stayed just long enough to make an impact on the movie where they get their names on it. Well, either that, or they didn't want to piss a bunch of people off. That might be part of it. Yeah, because I think they should still at least get like a writing credit or story yeah, credit. Yeah, story by maybe. Yeah, if they did, if they even did that. Uh, and yeah. our last bit here, that Queen biopic we've been talking about for a little bit, Bohemian yeah. Rhapsody, Star- starring Rami Malek, receives a November second, twenty eighteen release, which means Oscar bait. I smell Oscar bait. <laughs> that smells like Oscar. Uh, I mean, hey, why not? I mean, Rami Malek, uh, early favorite for uh, best actor. Well, let's call it right now. Let's Rami it. Malek, best Rami actor. Malek, best actor. <laughs> We're calling in March 2018. <laughs> Watch this be horrendously wrong. He'll get the Golden Globe. Yeah, maybe. Nod. That's it. Nod for Golden the bits. Globe nod. And that it's not. I cannot do. Um, that's yeah. it for the bits, and that's it for movie news. So let's roll into. Television. Oh, it's sports quarter time. We start with television with sports. Guess what? Basketball's not quite over for college. No. The final four has been set with, guess what? Number one seeds, Kansas versus Villanova. And number three seed, Michigan versus 11, (laughs) Loyola Chicago. Okay. So, Loyola Chicago is the one with the old lady. Right. Uh, that everyone has been rooting for and yes. like the Cinderella story everybody wants to win. Right. Will that happen? I don't know. I think like maybe 20% of the brackets still have Villanova to win it all. Okay. 
like there's like 15 for Kansas. So you see Villanova over Kansas and Michigan over Loyola Chicago. Uh, have yeah. a Villanova Michigan Michigan game. I see Villanova Michigan. Okay. Uh, just just based on what I've seen playing, because Michigan's been blowing out people and Kansas barely beat Duke. Yeah. And Villanova's been blowing blowing out people, so those mm-hmm. are the likely two to make it to the finals. I see. Meanwhile, in women's basketball finals for the NCAA, they're set two with all number ones making it, where Louisville versus Mississippi State and Notre Dame versus Connecticut. Yes, Connecticut entered this tournament undefeated yeah. uh, for the 22nd time in school Damn. history. Uh, it lost in the finals last year, uh, so this is a bit of a redemption story for Connecticut. Cool. And then, uh, moving into baseball. Yes, it's finally here, baseball fans. Yep. Regular season starts tomorrow, Thursday, the 29th, with 14 games. Yes. Why not 15? <laughs> Why not 15? Because apparently the Reds versus Nationals games has been called for weather. Yes. So, if you're doing those daily DraftKings or stuff, something like that, and you happen to play any of the Reds or Nationals <laughs> already... Taking it out! Might want to do, might want to do that because they're going to give you zero points. Take them out. Uh, but yeah, uh, baseball season baseball. is finally here. Uh, we'll probably be falling in a little closer than we have been in the past uh, this year. So uh, you know, we say that. Get ready a, for baseball coverage. <laughs> yeah, we say that I, now. I kind of want to watch some baseball. I'm in the mood. Yeah, uh, Subhub delivered several of my tickets for yeah. this year already. Cool. Uh, not all of them. They still, for some reason, have not delivered me the. Uh, Star Wars night that I'm supposed to go to. I wonder why. It's almost like that was probably the most popular or something. Yeah. Or but something. other than that, yeah. So uh, check your step up accounts. Most of your tickets should be given to you uh, by now. If not, I don't know what to say. If not, who knows? <laughs> yeah. All right. But, uh, uh, let's, let's see. Elsa Sports? Uh, there is something sports tangential, which of course is the Indy 500. Racing. Racing. For over 50 years, ABC has aired the Indy 500, but starting next year, broadcast will move to NBC. The Indy 500 and seven other races in the Indianapolis uh, IndyCar, I guess they call it, IndyCar, uh, will air on the main NBC network, while other events will be televised on their NBC Sports Network. NBC has been airing IndyCar races since 2009, so when ABC announced it would not broadcast the race moving forward, NBC was the logical place for its new home. ABC will air their last Indy 500 on May the 27th. So I didn't put this down there, but when do you think ABC started uh, airing the race? Well, it says for over 50 years. Yeah. So the earliest it could be is 1968. 1967, yeah. 1967, wow. Yeah, it's when the fun, and they've kept that for you know, 51 years, but yeah. Or I guess the latest it could be. The latest, Sorry, yeah. Sorry, not earliest. Uh, wow, that's a long time to be in one race. I know. That's insane. But yeah, I mean, it's IndyCar. Cool. They go fast. They do. They don't just turn in one direction. And they look weird. Yeah, they're just small ones. All right, that's it for Sports Corner. Moving yep. into regular-ass TV news. First up, we have a departure of a television legend. I think I can call him that. It's fair to call just him Just not like, one that probably ahead, most people case. are familiar with. Uh, the oh, Danica wait. Patrick retirement tour concludes uh-huh. at the Indy 500. Oh really? She she's retiring now. Well, she retired from NASCAR to do Indy, Indy. 5, to do IndyCar, but apparently uh, just 
for a little bit. Hey, maybe she'll actually do well. Yeah, go, go out with the win, the, the Peyton Manning way. That'd be cool. I mean, don't see anything wrong with that. I don't see anything wrong with that either. All right, uh, back to what the the story here. But so the legend, the man, the myth. Like I said, a legend to some people, uh, probably not well known if you're over the edge age of probably 30. Uh, maybe 35. I'll be generous. Yeah. Uh, a man who has made a lot of impact on children's television in the last 30 years. Uh, Dan Schneider, a Nickelodeon uh, producer who has produced many television shows um, with the network for kids, has decided to part ways with TV, with, uh, part ways with over, after over 20 years, like I said, in business together. He was the creator of most live action shows on Nickelodeon, including classics like Keenan and Kel iCarly, Drake and Josh, and Victorious. And yes, that is that Keenan, Keenan Thompson. Yes. Of Keenan he was, yes, he's the man that got uh, Keenan Thompson his, uh, his job, yeah. um, his lifetime uh, pursuit. Uh, this comes as the late, has his latest show, Game Shakers, was canceled after just three seasons, leaving the network with only one of his shows, Henry Danger, remaining. Dan has been credited with finding young actresses as well, like Amanda Bynes, Ariana Grande, Victoria Justice, and Jamie Lynn Spears. So they can't all be hits. <laughs> no, they can't all be hits. But, but yeah, that's um, a storied career. So, uh, and there's also some baggage attached to this. I think that's where you were on to go. So yeah, the other half of this is sure. He is, uh, yeah, he did some, uh, he found some uh, stars. He made some, uh, 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 you know, kids entertainment that has stood the test of time um but uh so i read a book um an oral history about uh kind of those nickelodeon years early nickelodeon years uh Mm -hmm. called slimed uh check it out if that's interesting at all if you want to know some history uh, about um nickelodeon uh back from people uh who were there who lived it um and there's some stories about dan schneider that aren't exactly super glowing he did work with kids and when you work with kids, you have to be very careful about how you do that. Candy. And there are some people who later in their lives came out to say that Dan Schneider may have done some inappropriate things around them or said inappropriate things in their midst. Things like that. Um, nothing like super, super serious from what I understand. Um, yeah. But like kind of like mild, like maybe there were uncomfortable hints. stuff going yeah, on. Yeah, there were hints. Um he tweeted out some feet Ugh. Uh, of some of his actors. Yeah. Not yeah. It's uh, definitely not a shining moment, but it, it's, you know, so, when yeah. you work with kids, you have to be careful. You have to be super careful, uh, especially now in the age of uh, social media. Right. Uh, so, yeah, uh, just just don't do anything dumb. And uh, in the case, if we do, if it is revealed that he did something super dumb... And there's a reason for this ousting, uh, then maybe we rewind, like rewind a little on uh, uh, not, praising him. But it may not be that surprising. Yeah. But then again, we don't want it. You know, hedge our bets. Yeah, hedge our bets. If the, you know that thing does come out. But yeah, you'll uh, say uh, yeah he had an impact on the channel, and uh, who knows if they'll find like an, a replacement. Probably. Uh, moving on. Probably. Moving on to another great guy, sarcasm t- on level 10 here, Bill O'Reilly. Uh, it's just a wall of creep, isn't it? So he is himself, yeah, it really is. He himself has had its own um, ac- uh, accusations of sexual harassment. Yeah, but this, but this is- time he's getting a lawsuit that's not related to that. What? 
But there's still a girl involved, right? I think. Or former Fox News anchor Lori Dew, that's D-H-U-E, thought that was a unique spelling for that last name, (laughs) is suing Bill for comments he made after Fox News paid settlements to five women. In her lawsuit, she talks about Bill's statements, said that he was fired over completely unfounded claims. That's what he claimed. She also claims that during an interview with Matt Lauer that, quote, he never mistreated anyone on his watch in 42 years, unquote, which is damaging her career as no one's going to hire a journalist who's been labeled a liar. Former junior producer at Fox, Rachel Bernstein, filed a similar suit in December against O'Reilly. So this is basically it's a de- like... De- defamation it's a defamation suit. suit. It's a liability like, suit. Yeah, because you're lying on TV, this directly affects my ability to get a job or keep my job. Right. It's like, as soon as uh, you start like saying that as we're soon all... As you deny it and yeah. basically... Yeah, we're all lying through our teeth and people believe it. Right, you can't... That, that now I can't be trusted as a journalist. Right. So who's going to hire someone that can't be trusted? Yeah. So that's a, it's a sucky situation for these women to be in. Um, so they're using their abilities, uh, the, all the power that they have, uh, to, to try to fight this before it gets too bad for them. So all power to him. Uh, yeah. Because he's kind of a scumbag. Also, the more Bill O'Reilly gets taken down, yep. the better. Better. The better. The better the world is. For what show? And our last story. Uh, a a, a lighter story. Uh, it has to do with the Weather Channel? Yeah. Everybody's favorite. Did you know it was for sale? I did not know it was for sale, but apparently it was. And guess who bought it? Some a comedian. Com- <laughs> a comedian and producer, Byron Allen, yeah. has acquired the Weather Channel TV network for just $300 million. Allen's Entertainment Studios Incorporated, his company, bought the network from Blackstone Group and Comcast, who co-owned it. The deal includes the TV network, but not online assets cause, such as weather.com and related mobile apps. Allen's company produces and syndicates TV shows so far and has released films, including set 47 meters down, and wants to invest more in the Weather Channel, expanding both its international and local distribution. Yeah, that's that shark movie, 47 meters right. down. Which is going to get a sequel, 48 meters down. Is that a joke? No, that is not a joke. Okay, I totally <laughs> thought that was a joke. I, I mean, uh, yeah, sure. Why not? I don't see any negatives for this. The Weather Channel has existed forever. If this guy's going to keep it going, then fine. Oh, yeah. I mean, the only negative here is the loss that Blackstone uh, took on this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they purchased it back in 2011 Yeah. for just over a billion dollars. Jeez. Uh, yeah. That is, of course, in, in, is... In, yeah with, with Comcast, they purchased it. But, yeah. Uh, and they're selling for $300 million. Wow. It's kind of a loss. Not great. Yeah. But, hey, I mean, at least that means we get to keep the Weather Channel around. It's not going anywhere, and no. we may even see some original content. Maybe. Some, some Storm Chasers. Storm Chasers. Yeah. All right. Uh, next up, you watched some television. I did. You did? I did. Do you want to talk about some of the television you watched? Yes. <laughs> well, uh, let's talk about the new HBO show. Barry. Yeah, that was the new show this week. Uh, Bill Hader yes. uh, in a starring vehicle. That's, I guess, been the works for a little bit here, a few years. Uh, it's finally premiered at, on HBO. Um, from what I understand, uh, it is about a former serial killer. Hitman. Dis- Hitman. Okay, not at all the same thing. Sorry. Yes. A former Hitman. Yes. Dexter is a serial, serial killer. killer. I was thinking, yeah, Prestige yes. TV. They're all they're And my breakfast, killers, right? I am a serial killer. Ha. Huh. 
Uh, and uh, but he's not that anymore because he takes an acting class. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so that was so, Barry. Was so just... in the pilot, um, uh, Barry uh-huh. uh, is sent to Hollywood to. Uh, Barry goes to head. Hollywood. Barry goes to Hollywood uh, to kill someone. Yes. Okay. Yes, Frankie. <laughs> Because uh, 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 the Russians hired him to kill uh, his wife's adulterer. Oh. Uh, turns out that that guy is also an actor. Because who in Hollywood isn't? Uh, sure. <laughs> so uh, so he follows him into the, to his acting class and gets brought up on stage. Uh, it's ended by him receiving applause. And he likes it. So he decides to pursue a, uh, being an actor. And that's basically not only the... Entire premise of the show, but also the pilot, uh, brief synopsis. Hmm. Uh, which is, you know, it's funny, but also dark comedy funny, and weirdly Bill Hader style funny. Sure, yeah. Uh, he also uh, Did, wrote Yeah, the he also wrote the pilot and he directed the pilot. Okay, so it's a lot of Bill Hader. Yeah. So it, it's fun. It shows, it's fun. Uh, definitely looking forward to more of where they're going to go with this, how they could keep him... Uh, not only killing people, but also improve as an actor, because <laughs> being an actor is hilarious. Yeah. Like, I wanted to check this out. Uh, I didn't know you already watched it. Uh, so I'll Sorry. Have to, that's fine. I'll have to check that out. Moving on, uh, you have updates about two shows that you've been continuing to watch. I have two? Yes, you do. Uh, first up, Versace, 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 Versace? Yes. Versace is ended. It's over. Versace is officially over. That'd be the assassination of Gianni Versace. The American Crime Story, the assassination of yes. Gianni Versace. So, uh, sequel uh, to the OJ. Did it Versace. end strong? You Ye- feel, I feel like you have not been as high on this thing as you were about OJ. No, because at least with OJ, it was all new to me and it was all uh-huh. telling a compelling story. Whereas this one, um, whereas OJ, which is, these two seasons are very contrasting. Yeah. In ter- terms of like how they tell stories, because with OJ it was, we're going to tell you in chronological order right. how these events played out, and that way you can be the judge for yourself. Whereas season two, it's here's the ending. We're going to tell you how this thing ends, and then we're going to show you what everything that led up to this. Mm-hmm. So every episode uh, just slowly works safe backwards and backwards and backwards, uh, back to his childhood. At episode uh, eight, and then ends in episode nine in the conclusion of what of what happened after he assassinated Versace. So, mm-hmm. really interesting take in terms of just anything being on television. I've never seen anything done like it. Yeah. Uh, the the cinematography in, the, in it is great, and I expect it to be, uh, considering what was an Emmy one. favorite. It's an Emmy favorite to win, uh, in, especially in art direction. Yeah. For limited series and and cinematography and all that stuff. But in terms of acting, as I said, I know I said in the beginning that Penelope Cruz, like, give her the off, give her the love now. Give her the Emmy now. now, give her yeah, the love now. but no, because she's not in it a whole lot. Only oh, in okay. maybe, like, three episodes. Well, she's in it, she's great, but she's not in it enough to be considered a supporting character. Oh, got it. Because this is all about uh, the uh, Andrew Cunanan, uh, what's his name? Oh, Darren Chris. Yes, Darren Chris. This is the Darren Chris show. Yeah, <laughs> I want to see the Darren Chris show. No one wants. Give to him see a talk show. Yeah, this is the Darren Chris show. Yeah. yeah, he's like he's in this thing. It's all about uh, him and his character and how he everything that led up to him 
killing not just Versace but everyone subsequently. Okay. Uh, so it's definitely, like I said, a different take than uh, People vs. OJ, but it's also very interesting to see the, I guess, de-evolution of a character rather than a character evolving over time. You see them slowly being broken down into what essentially is the turning point in their life. I see. So, definitely interesting take. Definitely worth a watch. I don't know if it's going to get all the praise that yeah. that o- it's, OJ got. It sounds got. like it's a little hard, like it's a little um, less audience friendly. It's a little tougher. It's a little yeah. It's a little more difficult. It's a critic, darling. Yeah, but it's definitely not an audience favorite. And so far, yeah, so far it's definitely not the societal like cultural thing yeah. that the OJ one was. Right. People aren't really talking about it. Yeah. I think that maybe because of the subject material, it could also be the way they approach it. Because... And I wouldn't be surprised if Ryan Murphy did that on purpose, because that's kind of how he rolls. Yeah. Like, every subsequent series of American Horror Story has also been something weird and different. Yeah. So, it doesn't surprise me that he'd do the same thing for his <laughs> other story, series and just see how weird he can get. Yeah. You know? How different he can make these But things. we do know that season three will be about Hurricane Katrina. Right. So, it'll be interesting to see... Not only the political aspect yeah. surrounding all that, but also the uh, community aspect of how people band together. All right. which I assume cast George W. Bush. <laughs> In the I can't just do Will Forte. No, <laughs> that'd be funny, but no, no. In this miniseries, he was George W. Bush. Uh, not Will Ferrell. And not Will Ferrell. Not Will Forte. <laughs> uh, A serious actor. Uh. I don't know. I'm not, not Josh Brolin. No, not Josh Brolin. Um, <laughs> Been there, done that. Not, not, uh... Uh, uh what's his name? Not, uh, God, not, uh, uh what's his name? He was on you Mad Men. struggling. He, he was on Mad Men, the white hair guy. Well, uh, <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. I know. Okay, let's move on. The last thing you've been checking in on uh, is Dragon Ball Super. Yes. So, officially, Dragon Ball Super has ended. Okay. In Japan. For now, yeah. In Japan. The dub is still being aired in America, so you'll still get episodes uh, on Toonami, Cartoon Network, for that. Cool. But the dub for itself has currently ended. I say currently ended because they are on hiatus. Right. They're going to... Uh, stop production on new Dragon Ball Super and go and work on a new Dragon Ball Super film or a film set in the Dragon Ball Super universe. Right. And then after that, they will determine if they want to continue the story of Dragon Ball Super, which I feel they will because this last um, arc they did called The Turn of Power was excellent. It was an all encompassing. Just fight after fight after fight, big battle yeah. after big battle. Just a lot of the action you want in a Dragon Ball, uh, Dragon Ball TV series just come to fruition. Plenty of power ups, plenty of cool moves, plenty of cool team ups, plenty of very cool action sequences, and it all culminated into a, although predictable ending, a really well fleshed out ending. Okay. And one that is well-earned. Good. So, look forward to the dub of that. I think they're going to st- 
start into the turn of power uh, very soon. But after that, it's, you know, it's very up in the air as to what's going to happen. But I think it is safe to say that this will continue. But don't quote me on that because there is no source confirming that. I just want that to be clear. <laughs> it is not confirmed that Dragon Ball Super will return. It is confirmed that they are making a movie. Oh, yes. It just makes sense, due to the level of success it has, that they would continue. Fair enough. Alright. Yeah. So that's yeah. what you've been watching. That does it for television uh, news. Moving into... Uh, uh, last bit of TV news. Yeah. Uh, Roseanne premiered to high ratings. It did. I don't know if we're going to watch it, though. No. <laughs> I make, make that decision for you right now. No, we're not going to bother. We're not watching Will and Grace, so we're not watching Roseanne either. All right. But Tom Marlowe can watch Roseanne. And I'd say he likes it. Anyways. Uh, All right. Next no, let's, up let's go. is renewals. Uh, yes. We have no cancellations this week, but we so do have just a lot call of renewals. When Calls the Heart gets a six season on Hallmark Channel, since when are we following these? Uh, uh, the fact that I got six seasons. That is the that's season the only something I've reason. literally never heard of. That's the only reason. One Day at a Time, the Netflix reboot, gets a third season. Strike Back gets a sixth season on Cinemax. That's you striking back. Yes. For a sixth time. Yes. SEAL Again, Team. That's the only reason it's on it, because it gets six seasons. CBS's SEAL Team gets a second season. SWAT on CBS also gets a second season. <laughs> And uh, let's move into some deaths. We actually have a lot of deaths this week. It was a bad week for people, apparently. First up, age 89, Frank Average, the original star of Bozo the Clown? Yes. The original Bozo the Clown. Yes. The, passed away. Where, where Bozo, the name Bozo the Clown comes from. Um, yeah. TV show. That's you know, uh, Bozo. Right. Bozo. The Bozo. Yes, the, the, the Bozo. Age 89, though. Lived a pretty full yeah. life. Yeah, he was Bozo for 12 years. Okay. Before it became more of a regional, like, whoever local is your local clown. Yeah. Because what I understand about clown shows is that they were a regional thing. It's yeah. like, yeah. everybody had their regional clown. Like, there was the Washington clown. Like, there was, like, you know, California people had a clown. Right. Some people had Bozo. Other people had, like, Bozo imitators. Right. Um, in fact, um... um Simpsons creator Matt Groening credits uh, the creation of Krusty the Clown based on his local <laughs> Seattle clown that he grew up watching. Or yeah, not okay. Seattle, Portland. Portland, uh, Portland Oregon yeah. clown that he watched. Uh, de- next up, uh, age 58, Debbie Lee Carrington. Actress uh, who was in Total Recall, Batman Returns, and Scary Movie 3. Yeah. Uh, you never knew her name, but you definitely yeah. recognized her because she was very prominent on screen. And by that, I mean because of her stature. Oh, she tall? Short. Short. Other way. Got it. Yeah. Uh, she was, she, a.k.a. That, that, that short actress. Got it. Age 58. Very young. But not as young as Dushan Monique Brown, age 49, who has been an actress in Chicago Fire and Prison Break. So some recent stuff. Yep. Uh, Charles Lazarus, age 94. This was an interesting one. Fittingly, the founder of Toys R Us. Yeah. Which we discussed last week yes. to decide to close all the stores. That is super depressing that the last thing he saw before he died was his comp- like the company that he founded going bankrupt. So, side note, I ended up going to a Toys R Us uh, yeah. over this past week. How'd that go? It looked like a Black Friday. Oh, God. Just, really? Like, half the stuff was gone and half the stuff that was there you didn't even want. 
like so a sad. black just I mean everything was ten percent off. Yeah. It said up to thirty percent off. Wanna know what the thirty percent off was? What? Fidget spinners. No one wants them. No one wants them. No one wants but them. But everything else in the store was ten percent off. And picked over. And picked over. Man, that sucks. Yeah. It's just you walk in just like it's, it just feels like a shell of a carcass. Ugh. You know what a carcass a is. shell of a carcass? <laughs> oh, yeah. That's impressive. I know. Uh, <laughs> also, this week, H. Wayne Huizenga. Guessing I got that last name. Uh, Close enough. Age 80, uh, businessman, uh, founder of Blockbuster Video, AutoNation, I'm guessing the uh, car dealerships. Yes. Uh, waste Management. And uh, a former owner, I guess, of Miami of the Miami Dolphins and the Florida Panthers. Correct. The sport or the Panthers? They have the hockey. Florida has a hockey team? Florida has a hockey team. I have no idea. Are they terrible? They and have that's two why, hockey teams. Are they terrible and that's why I've never heard of them? Nope. Well, Matt, Florida has two hockey teams. What's the other one? The Tampa Bay Lightning. I've heard of the Lightning. They've won I've Stanley never Cup. heard of the Panthers. <laughs> Is that because the Panthers suck? Yes. Okay. Usually, that's a circle game, as in, you'll yeah. come across them and it's like, win. Win that one. Win. All right, next up. <laughs> Lastly in deaths, Linda Brown, age 76, a civil rights figure in Brown versus Board of Education. She a was. landmark case. She was the Brown. The Brown. In the Brown. Yeah. Uh, for, I know most people, Brown is not considered, like, the color of the people no. in terms of that. No. Talk about Brown no. versus Board. No. No, definitely not. Brown wasn't the last Brown name. was the last name. person. And that is Linda Brown, uh, Brown versus Board of Education. Well, there you go. Those are your deaths. Moving into some music. We start with the music with Billboard, your Billboard charts. Billboard. Your singles chart this week. It, once again... Did not change. ...is topped by God's Plan by Drake. Still Ugh. your number one song. God, number two, plan. though, moving up the list is Meant to Be by B.B. Rexa and Florida Georgia Line. Number three, Perfect by Ed Sheeran. Number four, Finesse by Bruno Mars and Cardi B. And number five, Psycho by Post Malone featuring Ty Dolla Sign. Moving on to your album chart, you have a new number one album in the world. Debuting at number one is Question Mark by a questionable artist. XXX Temptation. Triple X Temptation? Yes. I don't know how you're supposed to say his name. And frankly... I don't want to know. I don't know how. Um, yeah. Number two on the list: Hardwired. Dot. 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 To self-destruct by Metallica gets a boost, presumably because of that tricky album uh, uh, concert sales equals album sales thing that's yeah, probably kicking in right now probably. because this is a last year album. It is. Uh, number three, uh, moving moving uh, slightly up from last week: Black Panther the album. Number four, Bobby Tarantino 2 by Logic. And number five, Culture 2 by Migos gets a little bit bumped back into the top five. Yeah, yeah. And that's your Billboard charts for the week. Watch this change again next week as we have a super strong release week in music. Yes, this is the release week we've been waiting for. Yes, this is when the music starts coming in droves. First up. They don't stop coming, they don't stop coming, they don't stop coming, they don't stop coming. Uh, first up, we have Ashley McBride with Girl Going Nowhere. Betty Lavette with Things Have Changed. Deadmau5, I mean Deadmau5, <laughs> with the aptly named Where's the Drop? You know my brother used to call it Deadmau5. Deadmau5? Yes. Deadmau5. Um, his Twitter account, like the official Deadmau5 Twitter account is like Deadmau5 or something like yeah. that. He's embraced it now. Yeah. 
in vogue. Yes, that in vogue with I Am Human. <laughs> They're still around. Yeah. Holy Wave with Adult Fear. Uh, our pick of the week, Casey Musgraves with Golden Hour. I'll have thoughts about that in a, uh, at the end of the segment. I know. Kate Nash with Yesterday Was Forever. Mount Erie with Now Only. The Vaccines with Combat Sports. And Julian Casablanca's uh, new band, The Voids, with Virtue. That Julian Casablanca. Yes, from The Strokes. Yes. Uh, that does it for new releases. Moving into music news, our first story is about iTunes. So, Matt. Yes. When we do billboards, how do they get ranked? Like, what's the design factor? So, it's a combination of things. It is a combination of retail and internet sales from traditional venues, such as your Targets, your Walmarts, and your Best Buys, and your Amazons.coms. But it is also uh, uh, streaming services now. Uh, streaming counts are brought into the billboard charts uh, to help kind of amplify the numbers as they were getting too low without them. So that includes plays in Spotify, Apple Music, Google Play, and Amazon streaming. And other equivalent streaming stuff like Pandora. Okay. Why do you ask? Because if we stream everything, who needs to buy anything? That's a great question. And just so happens that Apple Music executive Jimmy Iovine. Yes, uh, that Jimmy can, Iovine. Who you can see uh, in uh, that documentary about um, about Interscope Records. and The, uh, the Wild Ones? And, yeah. Um, or the Defiant Ones. Defiant Ones yes. on HBO. But, yeah, formerly of Interscope Records, uh, currently of Apple Music, uh, said in an interview that streaming services are all the same and eventually... Something is going to give, and that could mean phasing out the iTunes download store. He said that the move would be inevitable. I don't know about that, Jimmy. But there is no concrete timescale, as it will happen once people stop buying music from it. For the first time in years, CDs and vinyl sales have outsold digital downloads, thanks to streaming services. They're not enough as just a utility where you go there and you get the music. They need to be cultural hangers for people to go to. Cultural hangers. Uh, where artists communicate with their audience, he said. In the meantime, Iovine has taken a step back from day-to-day involvement and into more of a consult- consulting role. Yeah, so as soon as he did this interview and it got <laughs> out, I saw four different headlines of her saying that iTunes was closing. It's like, no. no he like, suggested that it could happen. No. Uh, I am definitely against this. Um, not necessarily, you know, iTunes as a platform shutting down, mm-hmm. but... I don't think downloadable stores should stop selling downloadable music. I still think there's a use case for that. Uh, I think that a lot of people want to have hard copies that they can copy onto their own CDs Mm -hmm. and or phones without having to worry about data. And the thing with streaming is that not everybody has unlimited data plans. Right. Or constant Wi-Fi connections. That's kind of the thing that keeps me from using Spotify in the ways that I want to most of the time. I don't have right. Well, even, I can't. Don't have the ability to be cavalier with my data. Well, because even Spotify limits you to three thousand. And yes, there's also that freaking Spotify <laughs> limit that drives me insane. There's that's also another reason. Yes. So it's like there are so many reasons why I think that would be a poor decision. Obviously, I'm not a giant corporation, so they're not. I'm not thinking the way that they are. Uh, but yes, ultimately, it's the same story as everything. If people stop buying it, you, we will stop supplying it. And that's all Jimmy is really saying here, yep. is that if it becomes a business uh, decision, that the correct decision to make is to cancel that store, yeah, they'll probably do it. 
Right, and and or they'll just morph it into a TV movies original content, which that. it kind of is. Yeah, so it's like that's not keeping it alive clearly in his mind. Right. It, I mean, it, what it seems like is that they're losing the battle to streaming, and their own streaming services at yes. that. Apple Music. They so know what the future is. iTunes and just music, not only in music but also in television and film. Now is that streaming is the king. Mm-hmm. Streaming is becoming king in every single thing that's not a video game right now. Yet, uh, the the the, the I with the, net the neutrality way. being passed or not being passed, like or whatever the hell. I know. I don't think that that's a possibility of getting video game streaming to the point where you can play it without lag. That's the problem. Yeah. So that's why I think it's just that's never that's always going to be a pie in the sky thing that doesn't come to fruition. Until the government gets behind regulating the internet correctly. Or uh, not regulating the internet correctly. Yeah, both. <laughs> Combination of the two. All right, let's move on to the next story yeah, then. I mean, just, just like, I, just like I said, everyone just like freaked the hell out. Like, yeah. like oh my god, what? No, 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 it's not. Yeah. But maybe it will in the next eh, five years. Yeah. I'll give it five. Yeah, that's usually a safe bet. Next up, an update about a story we've covered on this podcast before. Remember that uh, copyright claim against the blurred lines? Yeah, I think that was like one of our top first stories. It was. A federal appeals court upheld, which means it's still correct, a $5.3 million judgment against Robin Thicke and Pharrell Williams for copying a Marvin Gaye song for their song, Blurred Lines. A two-to-one vote said that Gaye's song deserved broad copyright protection, and the March 2015 jury verdict that we spoke about in favor of Gay's estate could stand because there was not an absolute absence of evidence of similarity between the two songs. Since they lost the appeal, this should put an end, finally, to the dispute. Yeah, so this is just us wrapping that up. Um, yeah. They can't go any higher at, unless they go to a Supreme Court. No. And this is not a Supreme Court case. No, plus that 2015 case already made enough ripples in the industry where that's the de facto, that's the precedent now. Yeah. That's your precedent case currently for copyright claims against songs. Right. I mean, like we mentioned a couple weeks ago, that Miley Cyrus is currently going through the same thing. Yeah. Uh, and so, it just... While it is unfortunate that basically they copywrote a genre or a style of music... Yeah, not really. It's not really. I mean... It was enough of a rip-off. Like, the thing is, is that what they do in the, that what they did in that case was they were like, well, do you have evidence that it's not? Like, it's more about... Prove to me that this is not infringement and less about tell me if this is infringement. Well, wasn't it also that they, <laughs> that they didn't credit Marvin right. Gaye? Like, that's is, the thing, is you can sample anything, and as long as you credit it oh, and ask for permission, you're generally cool. DJ Khaled knows way too much about that. <laughs> DJ Khaled, Fallout Boy, knows <laughs> a lot about that lately. Uh, but yeah. But yeah, as long as you give credit where credit's due, everything is fine. It's when you don't and try to try and pass it off as your own. Yes. That's when you get That's in trouble. That's the problem. That's the vanilla ice problem. Yes. <laughs> Mine doesn't sound like that. Mine sounds like this. No, no, it's not. Yeah. It's. All right. Next up, a story about the a favorite who left us a few years ago now. Prince, a toxicology toxicology report showed that Prince, when he died, had an extremely high level of a powerful synthetic opioid in his body. Uh, the report indicated that Prince's blood was 67 mic- micrograms per liter, 
where most documented fatalities have ranged from 3 to 58 micrograms. So he was way over the documented. Yeah. This amount is exceedingly high, even for someone who is a chronic pain patient on fentanyl patches. Carver County attorney Mark Metz is still deciding whether to charge someone with the crime. This is very uh, reminiscent of the Michael Jackson uh, death, where ultimately it was determined that that a high quotient of drugs was related to his death and that the doctor's own prescription was part of it. Uh, But so, yeah, we'll see if that pans out that way. But in a way, part of me just wants to be like, can we just not think about that and just let Prince be, you know, revered and not think about the craziness? Yeah, but this compounds on the opioid epidemic that is in the U.S. And it does help, like, every now and again, bring it to the forefront of people's minds. Yeah. It's until, you know, we get a handle of... Doctors prescribing right. these things. No, you're right. That's a really good point, is that this does kind of... Such a uh, major case of this, major case, uh, definitely brings new light to the subject, for sure. All right. Yeah. Uh, it is unfortunate, but it is also something that at least... Closure. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Moving on to our last story in music news, which is always my favorite time of year. Yes. We had on, on a happy note. It is time to discuss what is being inducted into the Library of Congress, which, of course, is done annually. And this year, 25 songs have been selected that are, quote, culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. Yes. The Library of Congress every year chooses 25 songs. Yes. Uh, so the, the only requirement is that it has to be at least 10 years 10 old. 10 years old. So... This year's inductions include, not uh, entirely, these are some of the songs. Right. We're Gonna Rock Around the Clock by Bill Haley and his Comets from uh, 1954. That is also the theme song rock, to rock, Happy Days. Yes. The pilot. Uh, it wasn't eventually used as the... the right. They, they replaced it with... Yeah, with, with these uh, days are ours. Day, happy days. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I Left My Heart in San Francisco by Tony Bennett from Aww. 1962. That's nice. My Girl by The Temptations from 1964. My Girl. Uh, The Sound of Music soundtrack (laughs) from 1965. Yes, the whole soundtrack. Fleetwood Mac's Rumors from 1977. Yes, that entire album. The Gambler by Kenny Rogers from 1978. Yes, that Kenny Rogers. La Freak. La Freak by Chic. From 1978. The Freak. Footloose by Kenny Loggins from 1984. Raising Hell, the album by Run DMC from 1986. And finally, Rhythm is Gonna Get Ya by Gloria Estefan from 1987. Yes. Uh, what is, do, you, do you have to know the full name of Gloria of that, uh, that troupe? I used to know. I, 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 I can probably. And the Miami Sound Machine. There you go, yes. <laughs> I'd think about Gloria that. Estefan of the Miami, Miami, Sound, Miami Sound, Sound Machine. Machine. Uh, well, uh, that does it for music news, yeah. but wrapping up music, I, really, I want to talk about briefly. I got to hear. The entirety of Casey Musgrave's Golden Hour. And how did you hear the entirety of Casey Musgrave's Golden So album? you, yes you listener, can check out NPR.com. NPR is currently streaming uh, Golden Hour early of its Friday release um, via its first listen. Uh, so go on there, it's free. You just have to listen to a couple of ads. And uh, other than that, you get to listen to the whole thing. Uh, so check that out. So, uh, kind of a little preamble. We have already heard three singles from the from the record. Mm-hmm. Uh, Space Cowboy. No, um, come on. Space 
Cowboy. Cowboy. Uh, Butterflies and uh, last week's uh, High Horse. Very three very different songs. <laughs> yeah. For a very different album. Uh, so I kind of was talking to you briefly off pod. And I wish I had saved it. Uh, but it's okay. I needed to get that out. Um, so this is Casey's statement album. This is her Grammy album. This is the thing that I think is her saying, "Don't pigeonhole me in country. I am of country. Like definitely, that's where she is from." But this is her statement of seeing all, oh, basically, look at all the things I can do. Look at all these other spins I can put on my music. But it's just as good, probably is better than the first two albums she's put out. Um, it's a lower key album. There's a lot more ballads. It's a little bit slower of a pace. Um, it's less in your face attitude. It's not about that anymore. She has come to peace with her relationship. Most of the songs are about love um, and about her newly uh, newly uh, minted uh, wedding uh, that happened last last year, her, her marriage. Uh, but it's not just about that. Uh, sonically, she's trying some really interesting things with her sound. It's definitely the best sounding production on any of her albums thus, thus far. Uh, it's, it's an excellent, excellent record. Um, so I would recommend people who um, have not given her a try because maybe she was too country or too pop country for you put this on because it's something different it's definitely her striving for bigger things and I think this will easily end up on my year end list it's that good of a record uh, so how country is this so not very and that's okay. the thing that's going to I think potentially turn off longtime fans the ed the other edge of that sword is that if you get too far away, you'll have fans being like, "Oh, well, she's not country anymore." There are only and the Taylor probably, Swift effect. Yeah, but but that's the thing is when I was talking to you about it, I likened it more to moves that bands like Paramore, yes, and, and artists Carly like Jepsen. Kesha and uh, Carly Rae Jepsen and Carly Rae Jepsen have done, where it's less about completely removing yourself from the world that you were, like mm -hmm. Taylor did. And it's more, it seems more genuine because it's more of a pivot than a 180. It's, she's basically saying, like, she's using certain country sounds and traditional country song construction, as well as some uh, pinch-hitting uh, Nashville uh, lyricists, um, to, to, uh, to, to not stray, stray too far, but at the same time trying enough new things where it's not a I could not call this a country album in the okay. traditional sense. Uh, Space Cowboy uh, is probably as far as the record gets into country. Okay. Um, a lot of it, uh, a lot of it is more. I wouldn't even call it pop. What she's doing is such an interesting genre hybrid. Are we doing going into mono genre? I not even that though. It's like she's. It is kind of reminiscent of what Carly Carly Rae Jepsen did on Emotion, where it's, it's it's still, the same kind of thing, but the production. Is just on a such a higher level that it's it, it's like a prestige. It's like you know prestige a prestige drama versus you know a procedural. Yeah. That's kind of it, there's no real there's no terminology in music for that kind of difference. 
So I have to use metaphors. <laughs> That's kind of what I'm talking about. Yes. You'll have to listen to it. It's out everywhere on Friday, so check that yes. out if you can. But I definitely recommend it. I'll have a thoughts post where I'm hopefully able to uh, um, get my thoughts better than I just did um, in writing. So. I think you did a fine job. <laughs> but th- there, there are better ways I can put it. And I, yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, Once I listen to it a couple more times, which I'm definitely going to, uh, I will uh, put some thoughts on the site, mediaboatpodcast.com. Where you can see that. But for right. now, let's get out of music. Yeah, for now, uh, I'm going to give my own listen to it. Like I said, yeah. like we said before on this podcast, I uh, both of us liked those first two singles that yes. came out. Uh, Butterflies in Space, Cowboy. Did, did you hear uh, High Horse? I haven't heard High Horse It's yet. a freaking disco song. I know, you told me that. <laughs> I purposely didn't listen to it because it's I knew a, the album was coming out the following yeah. week. It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing, ridiculous. Yeah, amazing but I, ridiculous. yeah, I was at a Taco Tuesday last week, and yeah. they started playing Butterflies. And oh, I, nice! And I was like, like, hey. Chrissy, doctor, hey. doctor, hey. It's, it's Chrissy. It's the new Casey song. <laughs> and she, she's looking at me like, that's cute. Like, why are you such a fan? Why are you freaking out? This like, is great. It's cute. It's a good but song. Yeah, check that out uh, Friday. Yes, uh, definitely. Oh yeah, check definitely that check that out. that out Friday. Like one of my first thoughts, by the way, after I finished that thing, was like, man. I need to own this on vinyl. Like, that's how good it just... It just sounds so good. Every single song just sounds amazing. Anyways. All right. Anyways. Let's move on to video games. Yes, our last subject here. Video games. So, video games. Speaking of, like, just like music was a big release date, uh, release week, we have a big release week for video games. Yes. Coming out this week, we have The Show 18. That's your new baseball game for the PS4. Fun fact. We're going to be playing it. Yes. We'll have uh, some talk about it at the end of this segment. Far Cry 5 for PlayStation 4 and Xbox One comes out this week. Um, quick note about Far Cry 5. Be yes. careful if you're going to download this. Um, uh, yeah, if you're going to download it, be careful which one you buy because there's like seven different versions yes, out there. it's super confusing. Yeah. So just make sure you're not spending way too much money on stuff you're never going to use. <laughs> Correct. All right. And Outlast 2 comes out for Switch. Mm-hmm. And Motocross vs. ATV All Out comes to PS4. Yes. There's uh, several more games that come out for the Switch, but none of it we was either. We can't list all the Switch games or else we die. Yeah. There's so many Switch games coming out every week. Just check. Uh, thankfully, the Switch has a feature in its store. If you go to the Switch store, there is a up like a new releases where you can just see everything in chronological order. And it literally updates every day. In fact, the news thing on your homepage on Switch also will sometimes tell you uh, new releases when they come out. Right. So, uh, like, so in addition to that, we'll be covering the major uh, Switch releases, but major not Switch releases. all Switch no, releases. No, that just, would be like way with, too much for us. Just like we do with uh, PlayStation Xbox, if yeah. it's a straight uh, digital release, just a note, and not a physical. Uh, just a note, I mean, I didn't get to talk to you uh, about this off the podcast, so I might as well talk to you about this now. Yeah. I'm going to make a, a public service announcement about video game coverage uh, for, for Media Book Podcast. Due to the realities of how uh, unpredictable and kind of chaotic getting video games in an affordable <laughs> and timely manner is yeah. compared to <laughs> television, movies, and music, we will not be able to cover video games as timely as I'd like to. So just right. letting you know, we will probably not get to many of the major releases until a later date. That includes Far Cry 5. We will not be playing Far Cry 5 anytime soon. Just a warning. I missed also the window for Kirby Star Allies. We will be behind on a lot of things just because we cannot afford financially to be up to date on all video games. Mm-hmm. Just just PSA, just putting it out there for you guys. That being said, 
when it does come time to our end of the year list, yes, hopefully we, sh- hopefully we should have been playing up on all the major releases by then. Correct, yes. The, the, the nice thing about the tools we have at our disposal is that we'll have the freedom to do that when releases slow down. But the problem with that is that video game companies are catching on that they don't need to slow down releases, and now releases happen all year. Right. It doesn't give us a lot of gaps. But, hey, we'll come back to that. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Uh, we will let you know when we were playing something as opposed to the things that we're missing. So thanks for hanging in out there. However, if you want to help us out on Patreon.com, <laughs> we get enough subscribers, then we'll be able to buy these video games and it won't be a problem anymore. Yes. So help us out if that sounds appealing to yes. you. If you help us, we'll help you cover yes. these games so you know what to buy, what to pass on, and what to stream. Hell, or even just uh, viewers, uh, so that way we can get our numbers up so we can go to the publishers and say, hey, you want us to cover your game? Give us some free codes. That'd be cool, too. Boom. All right, moving on out of that PSA into video game news. Uh, yes, from one from the PSA to the Microsoft. To the Microsoft. Starting May 1st. Microsoft will be able to go through your private data, private data, to investigate and ban users who use offensive language and inappropriate content from Skype, Xbox, and other services they own. <coughs> Pardon me. Um, this is part of a new code of conduct that will go into effect on May 1st. In this code of conduct, violation through Xbox services may result in suspensions or bans from participation in Xbox services including forfeiture of content licenses, Xbox Gold membership time, and Microsoft account balances associated with the account. Now, before you all freak out, like, oh my god, they're going through my stuff, there's actually a legitimate reason that they have to do this now. All right. The changes due to Congress passing the Fight Online Sex Trafficking Act, FOSTA, F-O-S-T-A, and the Stop Enabling Sex Trafficking Act, SESTA, S-E-S-T-A, that would hold platforms responsible for users' speech, illegally shared content, and anything that might be construed as trafficking. Yeah. Okay. So. <laughs> How much have you heard about this thing? Because this, if you've been following anything on the internet, this has been a big point of controversy. Yes. So uh, the purpose, and yeah. So the purpose of this is to elim- like we like we just mentioned, uh, to eliminate sex trafficking. Yeah. However. Yeah. In order to do so, we they the government in particular needs access to everything and just it's a basically a further step into the uh, NSA government surveillance. Yeah. Um, so that's a big point of contention. Uh, that people have been discussing about these bills. The other point of contention uh, that I've been following pretty closely is it shuts down a lot of places that support sex workers uh, and is very unfriendly to their business. Uh, Most notably, the internet went aflame this week when the personal section Craigslist. of Craigslist was shut down. I was going to get there, yeah. Not necessarily only uh, used for uh, sex work, although it was um, definitely a place where you could could uh, employ sex workers. It was also a place where you could do dating and misconnections and a fun thing for people to look at in the internet and say, ha, look at these guys. Uh, so no longer is that a place uh, where you can have some uh, fun in uh, multiple ways. Um and uh, yeah, that's really crappy. 
uh, for, uh, uh, you know, uh, yeah, it's bad. And yeah. it just it for, furthers the, uh, the, the criminalization of things that probably shouldn't be criminalized. And it's just, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a super fan of it. It seems like it went very quickly. too far? Yeah. Very quickly and very far into uh, all sorts of rights. Uh, So, yeah. Not too happy with with what's going on. This, however, specifically, seems pretty ineffectual. I mean... Yeah. I mean... Xbox Live, I doubt, was really a place where people were getting picked up. Um, No, but it is uh, that... You know, it goes hand in hand with probably our next story about um, misconduct via chats. Yeah, it can happen. I'm definitely not saying that it can't happen. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that this specific thing, and unfortunately, most bills that have that pesky word trafficking on them, does not mean what you think it means. Right. It's a much broad kind of blanket thing. That is meant to scare you into voting for it. Um, so, do your research if you are a voter. Uh, do do your due diligence about your things that your Congress is passing, and yeah, uh, just keep those things in mind. But yes, let's move on to the next story yeah. and talk about something that has happened um, that's tangentially related here, uh, involving some other companies here. So, some companies famous for uh, PC development have created something called the Fair Play Alliance. This is a coalition made up of over 30 different companies, including Riot, Blizzard, Twitch, CCP, and Epic. They aim to share research and lessons learned about gaming communities in the hopes of cutting down on, quote, disruptive behavior, unquote, with the goal being to create a consistent set of behavior standards between companies. So this isn't just the aforementioned weirdness about trafficking. This is also about online abuse, Harassment, you know, bullying, yes, that kind of thing, just toxic communities on online games, right? Because these game developers, uh, Epic in particular, League of Legends, have seen toxic communities. I mean, Blizzard well, uh, as well. right, right, right. Uh, Sorry, League of Legends. Right. But yeah, yeah, Epic now with Fortnite, Fortnite becoming a huge thing for yeah, them. Yeah, and Blizzard with Overwatch. So yeah, they've all kind of done their own initiatives in the past, uh, but this is a way to kind of unite and establish standards that they can all kind of develop on. Uh, so they have emerged with a new focus not just on disruptive players, but on the ways competitive games can actually uh, feed into the assholedom. Uh, how games themselves uh, can encourage behavior uh, that may not be great. Right. Which is great. I actually think this is an important step because um, uh, games themselves do um, kind of have, the, have habits of bringing out the worst in people. Specifically with how they're designed. I think um, one of the cool things about Overwatch is that it tries to fight that with the way that it presents stats at the end of every game. It tries to be supportive instead of, look how crappy you did. It tries to find the pluses of your games, which I think helps kind of push down that that want to be like, you suck, why did you bring our team down? As much as it could be. Well, not only that, but I find that this is very helpful because it affects also new developers and they can learn from those lessons. It's a yeah. shared community. That's good. Which which is the best part of about this. So newer developers, indie game, indie multiplayer games, if such a thing exists, uh, can uh, start uh, learning those like have those things from the get go. No rather. man's sky. Yeah, no man's sky. That's a <laughs> multiplayer. Uh, <laughs> never will be. 
Um, yeah. There's not so enough players. It, it, let's, <laughs> yes, exactly. It makes it easier for those younger companies to have the same implement the same strategies. All right. But definitely a good thing. Definitely a push in a good yeah, direction. That's good. That's the yes. good thing that I want to see more of. Yeah. All right. Moving into another story here. Uh, this one about uh, video game legend uh, Tim Schafer. Yeah. A developer formerly of, uh, well, currently of Double Fine, his company, yes, uh, famous company. for uh, Psychonauts and a Brutal Legend, yes. among others, um, and formerly of LucasArts. Uh, he was creative director on a lot of the most famous LucasArts point-and-click adventure games. But... He also originally won an award at GDC. He sure did. Last week at GDC, he received a Lifetime Achievement Award for his career. Schaefer thanks Tim, Sim City, Tim City, Sim City director Will Wright for saving his company. In a further interview, he explained that while working on Psychonauts, they had run out of funding and tried to get a deal during E3 one year, but everybody passed on it. So he called up Will Wright and was able to save his company and complete his game. His studio got re-signed and was able to pay him back later, and added it uh, later that added that it made him realize what it's like to be on the other end of a struggling company and that he should pay it forward. Well, yeah, he plans on paying it forward, too. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, uh, there, there, there's definitely more to the story, but it also kind of, like, goes to the, the struggling, the finances sure. of, of independent companies and trying to strike it on your own and how it's easy to run out of funding and runway and that you basically end up becoming a beggar, not a chooser, when For it sure. comes to yeah. uh, keep, not only keeping your company afloat, but trying to keep your vision alive, because while at this E3 that they were uh, trying to get funding for, they had a working demo of Psychonauts that they would show to developers. Yeah. Unfortunately, developers, or the studio companies, didn't want to take a risk. Yeah. Because Psychonauts, uh, as we now know, uh, is definitely one of the weirder games out there. Definitely weird. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, so, for a company to basically put up money for a... Uh, unknown, a, quantity. unknown quantity and unsure investment yeah. I could see that yeah. but it's also good that you know that you build relationships in the industry and that you can have friends like this who are willing to step out of, of not only their own comfort zone but help other people who have this vision and belief yeah that's really cool and I hope he helps people out in the future and yeah. uh, everybody succeeds yeah it's a uh, it's a quick read on Kotaku was yeah. who did the interview. Yeah. Definitely a quick read, but also definitely a heartwarming story. Definitely check it out. Check that out. All right, moving into another company that does not need any help. Square Enix. Yeah. Uh, their holdings have announced a new development studio called Luminous Productions. They are going to be based in Tokyo, Japan. They have, are established with the purpose of developing new AAA titles with innovative gameplay. Aren't all... Companies. Anyways, uh, it's consisted <laughs> of know. members from the creative team behind Final Fantasy 15, and will work within Square Enix to create new IP. The studio will be headed by Hajime Tabata, who was the director of Crisis Core Final Fantasy 7, Final Fantasy 15, and Final Fantasy Type-0. So look forward to new uh, uh, potential uh, Square Enix joints from Luminous. Yep. It's an extension of Square Enix. They're still using a bunch of the same people yeah. from Square Enix and that team. Just a team. It's just, instead yeah. of, you know, having Square Enix um, basically divide all the people like they did with 15 yeah. and being pulled from other uh, developments like Kingdom Hearts 3, which is why we haven't gotten it yet. Right. And I'm so pissed off about it. But, you know, yeah. it's coming this year. So Some more games. This, this is just basically, you're going to tell him, you're going to go head up your own studio but we're still going to be your parent company. You're still going to answer to us. But go do what you want. And, you know, we're going to check in every now and then. 
So yeah. this sounds like cool. all positive news. That could be cool. So maybe uh, by E3 time we'll hear uh, what they're working on. Next, if not this E3, yeah. next, next E3 for sure. Uh, so that does it for video game news. Uh, lastly, just a real quick one. Uh, I want to talk briefly about something that we just started playing today. Um, uh, because it is baseball season starting tomorrow, we decided that we should get in the baseball spirit. So we have a copy of MLB The Show 18 that we popped in today. Uh, looks like they've changed some of the hitting model. They've uh, uh, upped the graphics. It looks even better, if you can imagine, than 17 even did. It's a little sharper on our pro uh, mm-hmm. than even that, that game was. The stadiums look amazing. Uh, but yeah, uh, we're going to dive into more of that. Check us out sometime this week as we will be streaming, I'm sure. We will be live on our social media channels with that when that happens. And, of course, on twitch.tv slash mediaboat where we, you can catch us play some baseball. We'll probably be jumping into the franchise mode. Maybe we'll try to get the Angels to the World Series. Yeah, we'll, we'll try and fast track it. Uh, Maybe. Live, no, last season, we did uh, Someone Awesome. Mm-hmm. Doing a career mode. We're going to switch it up to franchise. Yeah. Um, if you have a, a suggestion of what team we should try and take to the World Series. I mean, I figured it would be the Angels. Oh, because yeah. Or they're our home team. But Well, not only that, but they got the new pitcher, Hotani. Yes, who is already awesome, as we've seen today. <laughs> um, throwing freaking almost an entire 100 pitches in one game and only barely getting tired. Yeah, he just went, he went uh, 110 pitches. Yeah. I just love that little bit at like 96 <laughs> pitches where like, oh, Tani is getting tired. Yeah, like, like, thank you. Like, yes, I know, but it's also the eighth inning. <laughs> so like, this game's almost over. Might as well just keep him, keep him in there. Yeah. But yeah, if he's if digital Otani is any uh, um, um, proof of what real Otani is going to yes, be, d- man, d- they have super digital power on your team. Digital, uh, digital spring Otani. training Otani. Spring training Otani. <laughs> Pitching amazingly. So yeah, we'll have more to talk about uh, the show 18, I'm sure, next week. Um, and other video games we might play, so stay tuned. Oh, and I did play some more Burnout. You played more Burnout Paradise? I, I streamed some that? Burnout Paradise. We're loving it? Yep, it's definitely good. I definitely wish I played. Where? See, see it's definitely, yeah. Yep. If you missed out on it, pick it up. It's, like you said, it's 40 bucks. Yeah. Worth the buy. So yeah, and of course we're putting more time into Mario Odyssey as well, so yep. uh, plug it away on that. So yeah, uh, that will do it for video games. That will also do it for the Media Boat Podcast. That has been I believe we are the Media done. Boat Podcast. I believe we are finished. All right. So, so let's, let's wrap it up with yes. the plugs. I was say, let's be an ally to plug it all. All right. So first up, thank you for watching on YouTube. If you are watching live, we are live every Wednesday night at 8 o'clock p.m. Pacific time. So tune in on YouTube.com. Just search Media Boat Podcast and you'll find our channel. You can also subscribe with that little bell icon and get notifications when we go live. You can also find our notifications on our social media channels, which are as follows. We're at Media Boat Cast on Twitter. We are on Facebook. Just search Media Boat Podcast and find our page. You, we are on Twitch.tv when we stream things, as I mentioned. Twitch.tv slash Media Boat. Oh, uh, you can also find the audio version of our podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts on. Uh, our podcasts go up every day, every week on uh, Wednesday night. So stay tuned for mm-hmm. that. We wrapped up recently our March Madness podcast, Pixar Madness, where yes. we ranked all 19 of the Pixar films. Check that out. It's on our regular podcast feed, on the Media Boat podcast feed, so check that out if you missed it. Um, you can also find us on MediaBoatPodcast.com, our website, where all our writing is. 
That's where all our thoughts about new releases are written. That's where our news is occasionally um, on. It's where you can also find features yes. like box office numbers every every Tuesday and also new releases every Friday. So check all of that out and more if you want to be a patron like I mentioned earlier. Go to patreon.com slash mediaboat where you can donate as little as a dollar a month to help us make this content even better than it already is and get exclusive stuff that we haven't even made yet just for you. And that will finally wrap it up and we will see you guys Next week for another edition of Media Boat Podcast. In the meantime, we will be playing baseball. Yes, it is baseball season is upon us. Yes. Let us go out and do our seventh inning stretches America's now. pastime. Yes. All right, see you guys next week. All right, week. thank you all for tuning in. Okay, we'll bye. be back next week. Bye.